Good evening, and welcome to uh, the Bonafide Moto Show. I'm your host, Joe Fleming, also known as <clears throat> So Tall Right Now. It's good to be back on the show, um, having a few days off. Not uh, Having the show on Monday was quite weird, um, but it's okay. It's uh, nice to have some prep time and only have one show a week. Um, we've actually got shows scheduled out till mid-June now, which is quite crazy. Um, so thank you all for joining us. Um, I don't know why I'm smiling so much. Um, but anyway, we can still hear the Vuvuzelas playing at 7 p.m. here every night, um, which is a nice... Uh, it's a nice feeling. It's nice to hear it every once in a while. Um, the show is made possible by our friends at Motul. Um, if you didn't see the little video posted just before the show on my personal profile, and I think we also shared it on the Bonafide Moto Co. I've got this like office chair, and um, I guess I sit in it too much, and it's quite squeaky. And um, I've sprayed Q20 on it previously, um, but now... It got some of the Motul Easy Lube, and I sprayed a little bit. Works just fine. So hopefully it won't squeak for another few weeks. So that's uh, it's a good thing. Um, so um, tonight we've got a special guest who is a fellow South African, uh, Mignus Olafier. Um, I believe it's Afrikaans name, so I may have messed up that last name. Um, but he, him and his wife have been traveling around the world for about 10 years on their motorcycles. And, um, I actually met him briefly at the DGR last year. Um, uh, he was a really funny guy and, um, our friend Matt, who was on the show a few weeks back, he met, met him on his around the world travels and he said he's a really funny guy and, um, him and I had a few laughs earlier in the week. So I'm sure he's going to uh, entertain us quite a lot. He is very knowledgeable with the world, with motorcycles, with gear. Um, the blog and the webpage that they have is Peaky Peaky Overland. Um, it's You can search his profile on our Instagram pro profile and find their website. They've got a, a lot of blog articles about various gear, um, galleries of where they've been. And, um, yeah, it should be quite informative and also quite fun. I've got some really random questions that uh, Matt Snaman has uh, helped me out with um, outside of the normal travel questions. So it should be quite fun. Uh, he is currently in Bolivia on lockdown. Um, he's been there for about nine, ten weeks, I think. Um, but we'll, we'll let him chat about where he is um, at the moment. So without further ado, Mickness, I'm coming for you, buddy. Friend request or request through windows open. How's it? Waiting for Peaky Peaky. We did just uh, Hey, how's it? Right new man. Yeah, good. <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I'm glad we did that little test just before this yes. call. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it, it, it's strange that even in Bolivia and Sucre, in this small little, well, it's not a small town, but Wi-Fi is surprisingly well here. It's, it's oh, quite that's good. good. 
That's good. I mean, that's that's the one thing that's you kind of hope for when you're traveling is, uh, yeah. is that you'll have good Wi-Fi, and when you do, it's a it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, so are we actually connected now. I'm just going to make sure. I'm not. Yeah, we're good. We're a, good. Well, we're good. Okay. Yeah, no. we're live. No. So you can, just, uh, you, can, <laughs> you can say whatever you want. We can't take it back. Um, <laughs> All the wrong things. Yeah, we can't cut. We can't. Uh, we can't go back <laughs> and uh, and change things. Well, just do that. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 Mick, is what uh, what beer have you got there? This is a uh, Huari. It's Huari. a Bolivian beer. Yeah, it's a, it's a Huari. It's really good. It's brewed in uh, Oruro, I think. Um, okay. And uh, it's not the highest brewed beer in the world. I I tried to check up. Apparently, there's another one um, that that is in Bolivia. Um, okay. But it's not Huari, but it, but it's a good beer. It's a <laughs> oh, cool. And is it like a is it like a like a lager? Um, Pilsner, a bit okay. of a honey honey thing. The water is 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 local. The, the honey that they use is local. Um, oh, cool. No, the, yeah, I must I must admit the the um, the, the local mainstream beers that we've tasted all yeah. around is really good I'm, stuff. I mean, the, I'm sure. um, yeah, it, it's drinkable. It, <laughs> <laughs> Where 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 is the um, where's the shittiest beer um, that you've had like a local beer of a place? To, can you recall? Americans are gonna kill me, but it's in America. <laughs> <laughs> which one? No, which one? I want to know. But Budweiser is about the oh, worst no, that's that I've shit. ever had. About. No, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. That's oh. yeah. well, oh. I'm sorry, America, but <laughs> we yeah. have to say it like it is. They've also got Americans got some really, but don't get me started on American beer. Oh. I'm so angry at Americans. They it's their fault that we're paying thirteen dollars for a bloody beer. Yeah. No, it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, uh, look, Matt. Matt did tell me that if I want to. If I want to get you talking, <laughs> to just start talking about beer, and uh, yeah, we'll yeah. give it away on a tangent. So. Yeah. We'll we'll finish an hour just on <laughs> just on beer. <laughs> okay. Not that I, not that I'm even an expert on beer. I just I like it, but. <laughs> um, well, you know, like like traveling, um, traveling around the world. I mean, wherever, even not even around the world to like different cities. I always try to go into like a pub and. Um, and try out their local beer. Like, if Absolutely. anyone has a local beer, like you want to try it, because um, yes. you want to see what the locals are making and what, like, makes the city known for their beer. Like, it's 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 yeah. nice to try. Yeah, and you know, there's places like in Mexico. We had to stay two months in Guadalajara because of Elsby's uh, knee. And the local, the lady took us around to some of the oldest pubs in Mex in Mexico in Guadalajara. Where they still have the boards. If, if you look and if you look at the pub, there's a board inside the, the door, because in the old times, women and kids were not supposed to see what's going on inside the bar. Okay. So, and this this is like really old stuff. And the people there, man, it's beautiful to go into those old little pubs and grappy places that's been there for hundreds wow. of years, and they still sell beer and they still do their thing. And there's three tenors and just old men that just stands up next next moment and they they start to sing some classic stuff. Man, it's beautiful stuff. It's, it's really cool. cool. Yeah, there, there's something about like an old school pub that when you walk oh, in, yes. like you res you respect the place. Um, yeah. You've got a respect for the people who have been there before you, um, the stories that have been told, and um, the many pints that have been downed. Good, good friendships and. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and also, yeah. So, so Mickness, 
Um, so I want to find out about about you and about um, Peaky Peaky. And I think the first question I have is, what is what is Peaky Peaky stand for, and where did where did that come up with? Peaky Peaky is a Swahili word for small motorcycle. Oh. And we, our first intention when we started traveling wasn't to do the world or anything. It was just to get through Africa, just to get up in Africa, just to get into Europe. So. And we didn't, Achen, it was just for fun because, you know, we, we've knew, we knew a, a lot of uh, overlanders and they just, like, you choose a name and make a sticker. It's, it's all for fun. It's nothing, there's nothing serious about it. And um, we sat around and, and looked for names and, and just to be something fun. And, and uh, eventually, uh, a friend of us that, that um, has also been from Africa said, oh, well, Picky Picky is a small, small, world, small word for motorcycle. Oh, okay, then that's that. <laughs> that's yeah. what it stayed. Yeah so, um, uh, yeah. so so you and LCB um and and it was what like nine, ten years ago that you guys decided decided to start traveling through Africa and kind of where did that take you? Well, the idea was just to get through Africa because I mean South Africa sitting on the ocean of the world. I mean, where do you go? You go you go upward. So yeah, so and that was and because of Africa. So we we wanted to do that and it's the cheapest way of starting off. You get you get on your bike, you just start riding upwards so mm. that's that's the idea and the idea was to get into six months through africa into europe and then park the bikes and then decide whatever the hell we want to do after that never happened because it, it was such a, a eye-opener that by the time we got into into ethiopia the six months was gone and um yeah so we parked the bikes and, and flew back home and it was well you had to go back because the bikes was in ethiopia so it, it the, the 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 whole idea then started to grow but Damn, this is nice. And being back home was bad, man. It's, it's really when you come back home after six months, like, yes, I don't want to be here. This is not fun. <laughs> it's yeah. much nicer fun sitting, drinking beer, some of the old guys somewhere in, in the mountains and sitting back home working. <laughs> and um, it, it just, everything that we did eventually started to plan out that, that we need to do that more than, than uh, um, yeah, it, it, yeah, it, so it's a good decision, I think. Yeah. <laughs> in the end. So, so you guys yeah. had planned to go up uh, through Africa for six months, and then what? You guys just took your time and enjoyed enjoyed the days too much, and just decided to kind of take your time and see how far you could get. Yeah, you know, you you get into a place and and, and you don't want to spend two days there, and you oh, if you, I mean, you see nothing, you do nothing, you run around, you like in Lalibela, we we were supposed to stay there, I think three days. Eventually, we stayed two weeks. It's just too much to see and too much stuff to, that you have to talk to people about. And then you end up in a place like Aras Ababa and you meet up five or six other uh, overlanders and you start doing stuff with them and there's boo for a month going, <laughs> month yeah. is gone. And, you know, so, and we've met up with a lot of our friends in Malawi in, in that December at, at the Cape McClear. And that was a, was a month and a half gone, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and then we, we planned again, and it took us three months just to get into Israel. And then it took us another three months to get into Europe. And then the, we were supposed to do a, a, a portion of Europe in three months because of the Ascension visa. But we spent a month just in, in Portugal. We were also supposed to be only a week. But how the hell do you do Portugal in a week? It's impossible. The place has got oh. so much to see and, and drink and port and beaches and stuff. It's, it's just no way you can do Portugal in a, in a, in a week. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I've so, heard so many go, good things about Portugal. Um, and oh, it, man, it looks to be like an amazing place. To, and the to people are absolutely, yeah, the people are amazing. Really, wow. really friendly people, yeah. 
They will invite you for anything. Oh. My, my, my wife's family is Portuguese, so I think we, we've got to go at some point. You saw that. Yeah, you have to. Really, yeah. Portugal, Portugal is an amazing place. It, it, yeah. and, and I really love the people. They, we got invited, man, from nothing. Just, oh, no, you cannot, no, 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 you cannot go stay in a campsite. No, you have to stay with us today. Mm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> And I've heard, you know, we've, we've had a few people on the show so far who have, um, you know, I think Matt was one of them, uh, Charlotte, uh, people who had traveled around the world like yourself. And the one thing that they said was that if someone's, well, I mean, obviously you're able to decide and like make a good judgment call. But if someone says, no, don't stay there, stay at my place, you take them up on that offer. Um, yeah. The chance that uh, you're in for a treat and that they really want to host you they really want to look yes. after you and show you a good experience and have you had yeah. a similar experience with that oh, every single time every single time people are really the kindness of strangers is just it blows your mind it, it really they they invite you there's no we haven't had one guy that, that invited us for some you know funny funny <laughs> you have to stay there and then pay for no nothing it's just Honestly, I mean, the people we're staying now, Frank invited us. I've never met him. I've never met Roxanne. We've only spoken a few times over the phone. I've not on, the phone, on Facebook. He said, please come stay with us in, if you're in Sucre. The lockdown happened. We ended in Sucre. It's 10 weeks later. We're staying with them in the house. I mean, please. how do you pick, pitch up at people's place? You know them from nowhere and you stay 10 weeks in the house. I give a lot of credit to that guy who invited you over. Um, and to stay at his house because I think I th when you mentioned that to me the other day, I was like, Man, if someone wanted to stay here miles for 10 weeks, I'd tell them to fuck off. <laughs> but, but also, like, my house is quite small. We've got three dogs, yeah. two cats, there's yeah. three humans in here. Um, yeah. You know, if we had a, a bigger house and, and more property, you know, I, I would love to be able to host someone on a regular basis like that. Um, yeah. But, and it sounds like at least where you are, there was a a kind person who is willing to open up their doors for you and, and let you yeah. stay for such a long time because it could have been a, a tougher situation like we spoke the other day that you guys could have <laughs> ended up finding a hostel <laughs> to stay in for 10 weeks. Yeah. Um, Look, and, 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 and we have a, I mean, we've grown up, so we, we ask them, all right, you know, if we need to, if you guys need your space, we're happy to leave. I mean, she will yeah. help us with a hotel. We all do our bit. We we, um, we pay our way. Um, we pay them uh, for example as, as if we're um, staying in a, in a hotel. We, we buy it. So we really try and make it as normal as possible. And you know, we give each other space. It's a big, big uh, property. There's seven dogs. Really nice, cool dogs. Oh wow! Um, yeah, street That's dogs. Cool. Roxana is street, street dog crazy. So she, if it's a street dog, and she helps him. Oh, <laughs> so they they all cool. got a, put this whole family uh, dog thing going. Um, yeah, it, it works out. Yeah, it's strange, but it works. Yeah. And um, and Mignus, I think um, what what I'm so curious about is is um, how did how did you guys start funding your trips in the beginning? And you know, now that you guys have been on the road for so long, how have you been able to make that possible? So right in the beginning, I mean, we we, we don't have kids. Um, it's just a choice thing. We we didn't want to have kids and. It made life a little bit easier. So, so there are people that are traveling with kids. I don't have I, I just, I cannot, I will not be able to do that. It's not in my thing to do that. Um, so that helped a little bit. Um, we never, we never uh, went on big holidays and all this kind of stuff. But it's also in your mind. 
because you have to work, you have to do that. The, 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 you know, you, you get into this, in, for if, when you get out of school, you have to study, then you have to work, and this is how it's going to run, and it's 50-55, the retirement, and all those kind of things. But you sort of have to get, and, and even when we started our first six months, we were like, how the hell are we going to fund six months being away from the work? Luckily, we bought property a long time ago. I mean, we worked really hard to get it paid off and, and make it as a, as a passive income. So we could sort of started to get out of, out of the, the norm I've never worked for a salary. I've always worked in as a, as a commission. And so it was a little bit, the mindset was already there. But we saved a hell of a lot of money to for the first six months. And it was like, yes, how do you, you know, things can go horribly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but then the moment you get into it, it's like, hmm, okay, it's possible. It can happen. And you go back home and you start to like, do I need, need a new iPhone? No, I can maybe buy a $200 thing. I don't need to have an $800 thing. And do I nearly need a new car? No, you don't need a new car. You can go buy a damn second and go and save up the money for the rest. And so our mindset just really changed a lot. Like in, mm -hmm. you do not need the stuff that you think you need and get rid of yeah. um, funny, yeah, you know. So we, we started to scale down a lot. We made sure that the properties, luckily, luckily, to Wi-Fi and internet, change the world of travel because now else we can sit now and do work with people in South Africa. I can do products. I'm sitting in Sucre. I'm talking to people in, in America and Europe and, and do business in still in South Africa. So it made traveling a, a lot easier now. I mean, 10 years ago we started, there was no Ioverland. Facebook's just started. Instagram didn't exist. The reason we started the blog was people asked us, um, hey man, tell me about the, the border post. Now, how did you guys do border post? So I write a little bit. You can't do that on, on Facebook. So that's actually the reason why we started the block. And things <laughs> just did get from, from yeah. there. But the moment you get out of the... And there's people traveling with kids. For me, that's hardcore stuff. But they do it. Yeah. They, they, they survive. They, they teach them on, on, on the road. They get a good experience. And, and the people that we've met with kids... Those kids are really well um, adjusted. They, they they make friends quickly. They they talk a lot of languages. I'm sure. Sort of yeah, so it's actually a good thing, <clears throat> and it opened up. Uh, I think the whole travel thing has opened up a lot, uh, and they can do uh, online courses. I mean, we we're doing Spanish courses now online with a lady. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, because we can't go visit them. Yeah, so, it's amazing. But yeah, but I the plan just came from a long time. It wasn't the, uh, we decided yesterday we were born rich. We have, we have I mean, we're not rich at all, with any, any imagination. It's just that you have to, there's a lot of sacrifices you have to make to, to yeah, do this. Yeah, and I think that's, um, I think that's a different way of looking at it is that, um, I guess some people, you know, assume that it, it takes a lot of money to, to travel the world, but it also really takes a lot of sacrifice in terms of, kind of cutting out the things you don't necessarily need in your life and and like al said is that you're rich in experiences and that's that's definitely the case is that um you may not have a, a big house with tons of shit in your garage um you're traveling around on a motorcycle you're experiencing the world and amazing people from all around um and each day is different and each day is a different mm. scenery um and and in regards to scenery, I noticed um, actually when I was trying to get photos for um, for the show, um, I looked closely in all the photos, and I think I found like one or two photos of you on Instagram, and the rest are of your wife. So that leads me to believe that you're the photographer, um, and you're a damn good photographer at that as well. 
I'm a, I've, I've got a face for radio. I don't have a face for TV or photos. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And even the radio is bad. <laughs> yeah. so, so tell me, um, so tell me what uh, what camera do you shoot with? What what sort of um, I see as well that you shoot while riding, and yeah. a lot of the photos I've seen, like you, uh, I, I'm just so curious. Like, do you take your time to set up? Is there a lens that you have in particular that's always on the camera as your go-to? Tell me about sort yeah. of your camera setup. Currently, I'm using a, a Fuji X-T4, X-T3. X-T3. Mm. Um, I've got three lenses with me, an 18-135, which is a go-to lens. Yeah. It's a really nice, it's weather-sealed. It's, um, it's a really nice overall usable travel lens. I won't use anything else for, for if I have to choose one lens. Um, I've got a 10-24 for landscapes. Okay. I don't use that that often because the damn thing is not weather sealed. So the moment you you zoom in and out in, in a place like the Gunas, boof, there's, there's dust in the damn thing. So yeah. I don't use that that often. And I've got a 35 uh, f2 prime for festivals, late night, all those kind of stuff. Um, because the 18135 is not made for that kind of uh, uh, stuff. This one, I think that's that's the one. The what 35 a beautiful lens. That, that's my go-to. That's the go-to one, yeah. That's a beautiful lens. And um, it's sharp, it works, it's small, but it's it, at festivals. Man, that thing is just, and it's yeah. lightning quick to, to focus. It's a beautiful thing, yeah. So the, the, the Fuji, the, 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 the mirrorless, I love them. <clears throat> They're small enough in the hand. They, they give a good presence that you're not a um, just a tourist uh, point-and-shoot type of thing, but it's not a DSLR. Mm -hmm. I've I've seen guys at, at festivals with DSLRs. Man, good luck to them. I don't want to hold that <laughs> stuff around. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and like and mirrorless mirrorless hasn't been around that long, and you've been traveling for nine years. So what were you shooting um, before the XT4? I started off with a Nikon P7000, which is the highest uh, uh, point-and-shoot waterproof professional. Uh, a little camera thing. It had a small little zoom. Beautiful thing. Raw footage, raw, uh, raw. Man, that thing is beautiful. But it started to get limitations because if you shoot one genre, let's say you do portraits, it's fine to have a camera with just that. And you can do that. But now you get up in the morning, there's landscapes, there's actions, there's the yeah. afternoon sun. Then you want to go do a, land, a landscape in the evening. And maybe you get, um, you know, so you have to do such a, 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 a a variety of shooting during the day that that little compact just didn't work for me anymore and yeah. it was a really nice thing because it was small quickly in the pocket for sure very yeah. sealed beautiful little thing yeah and then i could never get to those dslr things man carrying a thing like this like a brick the big it just never worked for me yeah and you have to have the lenses and all that stuff so i i didn't when mirrorless came out of um, well the nikon was actually a mirrorless in that in that sense because it doesn't that but when the real mirrorless, the Samsung NX1, that was the, 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 the first one of the lot that really changed the game. And in Samsung, in their stupidity stopped making them not two years later. It was, it was an amazing camera. And um, I did some homework and I've got friends with, with Fuji and they're like, why Fuji? I said, I'm not a hipster. I don't buy Fuji. Get it out of your mind. I don't do that nonsense. And... Um, Watch their photos, watch their stuff. And, and, and uh, Fuji, for, for example, their they, um, the warranties and the, and the way they 
they look after people. Man, that's amazing. And for me, that counts more than the product. Because yeah. Canon and Nikon, for example, in South Africa, if you buy it in South Africa, don't think you're going to fix that outside of the place. It ain't going to happen. If you buy a Nikon or a Canon in America, you take it back home, it breaks. Sorry, it's your problem. They not, will not yeah. fix a thing. Fuji, for example, gives a two-year round-the-world um, warranty. That, for me, uh, uh, is, is what it, uh, I need to have. That because, like in Chile, if you have a bit of a problem, there's a Fuji there. I can go there. They will look after me. I know it. Fuji it's South great. Africa. I bought my, my exit in a, in Colombia. It, something went wrong with the sensor. Nothing bad. Nothing serious. I went to Fuji South Africa. They replaced me with XC3. I mean, flip it. That's the kind of stuff I, I need. Oh. I cannot do yeah. Yeah, so I, I will stick to them for now. It's a good brand. You can get the lenses. Um, and I like the photos. They, they, they produce some really good, uh, yeah. good stuff. Yeah. yeah, I think I've been shooting with Fuji now for, I'd say, almost four years. And um, yeah. it's, um, I've, we, we've got a Sony A7 for, that's, that Alan uses for film. And yeah. we've been on a couple of trips where... I've tried to use that for stills photography if I'm shooting video. And mm. I, I just, um, it's something with the trigger. Like, I, mm. I know when I squeeze <clears throat> the trigger on the Fuji, when I'm gonna get that shot. I know exactly yes. the moment, I, I know everything, I can feel it. But it was something when I tried, when I tried that Sony, <laughs> it was like a delay, something. I mean, it takes beautiful photos, but I just, mm. I, I didn't have the confidence um, in it, but I mean, I've, I've also been shooting on the same. Um, I've been shooting XT2. Um, I used the XT1 for about a year, and then I've been on the XT2 now for about three years. And um, Damn, it's a beautiful it's camera, that solid, solid. Yeah, it's like um, it's like bikes. You know, you can you can buy a new bike and you get all the fancy like the XT4s, but then there's an the XT2 that <clears throat> it still works good. It still gives you bloody good photos. You know, you I got no problems. No, exactly. I've, I've actually begged Fuji if they can't sell me back the old one. They don't want to do that. Yeah, my um, so this one, this one I've got is a is a refurb. Um, okay. The one that I had previously was man, it was banged up. It was scratched. It had been dropped from the motorcycle. Uh, it looked like hell, and I was like, please, can I just like keep it? And like put it on my wall or something? Like it needed to be like a piece of art. <laughs> Um, yeah. I mean, they they take a beating, and and I am not mm. I'm not um, uh, I'm very tough on cameras. I don't put it in a case. I don't um, mm. have a lens cover for everything. I sling it around me when I'm riding. They get beat to hell, and I have no problem. Well, it's the same with me. I I don't have fancy cases for the camera. It lives on my in my tank bag, right in front of my balls. Um, I, have a, I have a little new print case that Elsby made for me that I, I use a, a hand strap and then I put it over my hand and I just keep it in my hand when we walk. Um, I don't abuse it. I mean, I really look at as good as I can for it. But like when we shot, when we were at the Dakar rally, that camera was for two days in the dust every day shooting constantly. They, and okay. you must have seen what that thing looked like. And so it, it's, it's pretty pretty amazing what, what um, damage they can and Mignus, so you've been traveling for nine, nine, ten years on the road. Um, what is, how, how have you evolved as a rider from when you sort of began like 
were you on like a GS when you guys started? Um, like how, what have you learned kind of along the way to make you a better traveler, I guess? Well, first of all, you, you, you don't want fancy, you know, look, it's nice having all the fancy stuff and, and fancy uh, screens and all this kind of stuff, but eventually the damn thing will give you problems. At some stage, it's going to give you problems. So you sort of tend to eventually over time move to simpler stuff that, that like, for example, the Dakar, the 650 Dakar that BMW built in 2000, end of 2006-7, really beautiful bikes. Solidly, they can do 240,000 k's in the thing. Um, nice stuff, but it was it was a bit heavy. And then there's a fuel pump, and then there's a radiator, and all this kind of stuff. And eventually, we just man, I had so much problems with this stuff. And if if something breaks, it's not the part the, like the the part on the on the fuel pump, on the water pump, is a hundred dollars. To get the pump from South Africa into into Sudan is four hundred dollars and four weeks worth worth of waiting. It's just man, it it's soul crushing. So. You, don't, you, you tend to, to move down. I love the BMs. I love the, the, the fancy yeah. bikes. And I have my HP2 back home, but there's no way I'm going to take the damn thing around the world. If, you, if, a show, if the shaft break, it's $800 and it's been four weeks waiting to get somebody to, to give it. So you tend to go lighter. You tend to go less complicated. Anything that, that, that is complicated must go. I have no... Yeah. For small little things. We use anything with a USB charger because I have one USB charger. I don't carry, if it's uh, pen light batteries and it's got to be recharged, I'm not going to buy it. If it's a camera with rechargeable batteries, get out of my life, I don't want you because mm -hmm. it's another charge I need to carry, another yep. damn thing. So if it, like the XC2, I can charge the XC2 through a normal USB socket. Done. Yeah. I don't have to carry the, the, the thing. So everything that, that we do, you, you try and tend to go lighter, easier, less mm. complicated all the time which also helps because now you can you can donor into places where you normally won't take a, a big gs or a, or a ktm or one of those those kind of bikes because mm. um, you want to go into places that that you know you have to now the laguna's route we had to drag the two bikes out of out of two rivers there's no way i would have dragged a 230 kilogram monster out of that <laughs> i would have left it there walk <laughs> yeah the, <laughs> posted, um, there was a video i think you posted where you dropped a bike in the river. I think it, uh, it was something about learning Stupid. along the way. And you picked that thing yeah. right up. It, yeah. it didn't seem to well, be a problem. I was like, that's yeah. either you're, you're very strong or the bike's quite light. Um, I'll, the water I'll was bloody cold. My balls were getting... <laughs> <laughs> the water was cold. And I was scared my camera getting to the... Yeah. But that's the thing. You, you want to pick up a bike like this. You don't want to, to struggle. We've had places that you had to ride up into alleys to get to a door where the hostel, you park your bike inside the hostel. You can't leave it outside. Then we've got friends with, with 800 Jesus. They first have to take all the luggage off. Then all four of us help them get this damn bike up, up into the thing and then near on key. No thanks. <laughs> it's beautiful yeah, having yeah. them back home. It's really nice having doing, doing the trips in South Africa or around South Africa. Or let's say you're in America or in Europe and you want to do the trips there with it. Beautiful. Use them for that, but no. Um, Magnus, I'm, I'm curious of, of some of your... Uh, stories from from your travels is there like is there a, a, a particular campfire story that you share with like new friends when you meet them um, is there like a couple stories that's like you really enjoy telling oh man there's a lot it depends on what you want to hear real bad stuff or real good stuff I mean you can you, like it's it's kind of like non-censored on here but I mean 
Okay. Do what you want, <laughs> type thing. Yeah. No, but there's, there's good stories and, and there's, there's struggle stories. I don't tend to, to, to tell the, 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 the really bad struggle stories because I don't want to make it sound like you, you know, you're just Chuck Norris trying to do some stuff. So yeah, there's yeah. always some. some so yeah. tell us a good one. Tell us a good one. Um, okay, a good one, a good one was in, uh, in Sudan, for example. We, uh, the Dakar broke the, it, it's 50 degrees outside in Khartoum. We have to drive around because we were looking for something and, and I was pillioning LCD and the, the, the fuel pump, oh, the water pump broke again. And it was this thing where I can go two kilometers, I have to switch the bike off, go two kilometers, switch the bike off. And eventually we ended up at a, a, um, a small restaurant. And it was a Sudanese guy. But I, I was just not in the mood anymore. I was like, man, today we leave these bikes and fly back. I'm sick of them now. And especially in Khartoum, it's 50 degrees. It's mm -hmm. dry heat. It's just not, and there's no beer. You cannot drink in, in Sudan. Oh, in, in Sudan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so <laughs> this guy's sitting there and he's like, let me help you guys. Let me help you. Let me take you back to the, so we sort of, and, he's, and on our way back to the camp, he says, no, let go to my house. You come eat with me. Uh, man, I, I can't do that. Okay, we'll, we'll follow him. Now we're following him, and it looks like this typical Iraq, Iran movies where they went to go fetch Bin Laden out of a compound type thing. We, we're moving Ooh. into this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. I'd have issues okay. with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is not good. So we're sitting there, and we're going with him, and we're moving to this compound, and takes us to the third floor and this, his wife comes out and his kids and you, it's a greeting thing, but it's very, very uh, um, um, uh, nice. It's, it's respectful and all those kind of things. Now we have to go to his other friend's compound. I'm like, dude, I need, I need to get to the, I need to get somehow to Wi-Fi at some stage or not even Wi-Fi because at that stage you can only buy the little SIM cards for the phones and then you upload and no, 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 go to his friends. We go to another friend of his compound. The same kind of thing. It, I swear it looks like this Bin Laden thing. Now we're going to fetch fish from the, from the river. And then, so now we're going into the basement. I said to LCB, you know that story is when your friends get back home in the news about the people, the stupid tourists that got kidnapped and it's for ransom and then they get killed and their bodies get dumped in the, in the, in the Nile? This tonight is that. <laughs> this feels right. Something is not right here. The next moment, three other guys pitch up, all in, in, in white robes and, and the stuff, and, but they speak perfect English. And the one guy brings a, git a guitar out and he starts, and I'm like, no, no, he's a musician in, uh, in Sudan. Mm, okay, and the other guy, he's got a big belly, and he's, he, he introduced himself that he's the, the cigarette or marketing manager of the cigarette company in Sudan. And um, the other guy was there. I can't remember what was he doing. And so we're sitting and, and they're just taking, so it eases up a little bit that, okay, it might not be that bad. It, it, but the, the evening is not over yet. So we'll check this stuff. Oh, the other guy was a professor or something. So okay. he started chatting about religion. I, I said, oh, man, it's the last thing I want to chat about. But <laughs> yeah. he says, no, no, no. I'm actually an atheist. <laughs> really? You're an atheist in Sudan <laughs> at, a, at a university. <laughs> Damn, that must be hardcore. And, and he tells us stories about really bad stuff. How, okay. <laughs> man, you, you cannot even mention the word atheist in Sudan. Something. And the guy with the cigarette factory with the belly, I said to him, man, 
you guys eat well here. It's either that or you drink beer. No, 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 no beer, no beer, no beer, no. Thirteen lashes if you if they catch you with a beer in Sudan. Thirteen lashes ain't gonna work here. He says, but I can get you some other stuff. <laughs> well, get what you want. So the one guy leave. He comes back with two Coke bottles, empty, um, uh, not empty, uh, Coke, uh, normal yeah, Coke yeah. bottles, but it's got white spirits in it. So he says, this is date wine. Really? So now he starts passing this date wine, but man, this is bad stuff. This is like, this is really, really bad. So I said, so we started chatting. I said, but you guys are all allowed to drink. No, but everybody drinks in Sudan. Oh, but you're getting lashes for it. Yes, but nobody knows about it. So, <laughs> It was a beautiful evening and it eventually turned out that they're really nice guys and they helped us back home and they helped us into new into a new place that, that we had to stay. But it's just that you you get into a place where you feel, man, things can now really get seriously yeah. bad. And it was a, it was in hindsight it was a bad as it, it was really we weren't supposed to do that. It we were still really noobs. We couldn't judge anything about people or anything. So mm -hmm. it was a bad call from our side. But luckily it didn't it didn't turn out that but that bad. So yeah, but I've learned a few things. They actually still do drink in, in Sudan. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there are other religions there. Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> when there's a will, there's a way. If you yeah, if you ban sure. boost, it's gonna pop up some somewhere again. Yeah, for but sure. Yeah, this, you know, Okay, and, you know, um, stuff like stuff like uh, South America. I love the place because of that. They the people are really easygoing. And Mexico, I went into into rodeo rings where they. I just shot. I, people invite me into the ring while they were there. In in Arequipa, I went into a rodeo ring in the ring while they were still there. But just just don't kill yourself. You know, so there's really nice stuff and, and nice stuff happening if you if you put yourself out there to yeah to for do sure. Yeah. And I think that's, it kind of goes back to what we spoke about in the beginning of the show is sort of taking time to um, enjoy a, a town or like to stay somewhere yeah. longer than just a day or two, because then you're able to walk around the market, speak to the locals, ask them what's going on that evening and, and really kind of feel the pulse of that city. Otherwise, you know, if, if you don't have a lot of time to spend, you're only going to see just a few things and not really get the, the full-on experience. Um, that, that is very true. And I mean, a lot of cities are really rubbish. I mean, surely, they, there's, there's just no two ways about it. But mm -hmm. you get beautiful cities and beautiful places that actually warrant. And this other thing that, that photography helped me with is that the moment you get into people's faces and you ask them, you know, can I take a photo, can I this, you sort of, you, you invade this space and they, some allow it and some don't, but <clears throat> most of the mm -hmm. times, People take you in and they show you stuff, and you never get that experience. In a, I mean, in cities like like uh, um, uh, what's it, uh, Valle Parieso in Chile, it's a beautiful little not little, but it's a it's gritty and it's. But the the uh, the mm -hmm. artists have painted the buildings and stuff. Now a lot of other artists move in, and they love Pink Floyd for some reason. Everybody there loves Pink Floyd. Like if you got the tattoos that says Pink Floyd, <laughs> so. You, you cannot get into them and start chatting to them with two days in that city. It's impossible. We were there most probably a week in just walking around that city, getting to people. And I got the most beautiful photos and the most beautiful people that we spoke to and mm. artists and what they did and why and all this kind of stuff, just, just by being there a little bit longer than, than the normal running yeah. type, of, uh, yeah. type of stuff is. I think being, being able to get um, like great quality photos um, especially when it comes to like people is about um, the relationship that you build with those people 
um, I think if you're able to kind of get someone on your side and get to know someone, they're able to show you a little bit more of them of themselves even and of 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 that area that that you want to look at and they'll take you to the good spots as well oh yes yeah yeah and it's nice you know people are people are actually funny with the moment you ask them or you you're in their face you ask them you know i can take a photo of you hmm. when they say no then you know when you take your but when they say yes they actually allow you much more than just to take the photo they allow you to talk to them to ask them questions to so it, 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 um, in that way, it, I think for, for me, it might travel a lot more rewarding and, and uh, engaging and getting into. Uh, otherwise, I would have never. I mean, you walk, you walk past somebody, you, you won't take your cell phone out and take a photo of them. <laughs> you're not going to do that. And you're not yeah. going to have that relationship or, or, the, or the, the thing with them. And most of the times I ask people, can I send you the photo? And yes. then you have a, yeah, a, yeah. A, 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 yeah, you, you have a, a, a Facebook connection of them or, a, or something that you can project. So there's a lot of the people that, that we still have contact with uh, just because of that. Yeah, that was those those two things are practices that I did in India. One was um, asking people every time before I take their photo, like, can I take your photo? And I would hold the camera up and they say yes. Um, I, I think I maybe only had like one person say no. Um, no and then if I could, I would always ask them, like, are you on Instagram? Um, I, most most of the people I asked were on Instagram or I would send them uh, send it to the WhatsApp. Um, and and it's it's just so nice because you took the photo and now it's yours. You can at least mm. share it with them as well. Um, yeah, and they, they like they, it. They I mean, really I appreciate it. Yeah, in uh, in um, in uh, man, it's some small small town in Bolivia. We we came in the second night. There was a festival. I didn't even know it, it was a Padre or Madre festival. There were kids in the streets spraying spraying themselves with uh, um, a party film. It was one big kid party in the middle of the street of all this other stuff and people were taking photos i was taking photos of kids and everything and every time when i see maybe the mom or dad is close i'll go awesome can i send you the photo and they're like yeah sure you know you want to take more kids photos of the kids no thanks <laughs> one is enough but it, it's amazing how quickly you connect with that kind of stuff but, um, uh, my buddy lowry just commented here he said being fed by the locals is also a beautiful thing and uh, yeah. we we rode the... out to we rode out to this like private beach. Someone guided us there, and there was no one there. It's really small. We get out to the island, and then two minutes later, this guy rolls up on a moped, and he's got a bowl in his mouth, and he's riding up to us, <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, hello, hello," and he has he has this prawn curry that is in this bowl. And he's like, hello. And he's like, here, try some. I'm like, whoa, no, no, I don't eat prawns. Because in India, they, people said, like, be careful of the prawns. I mean, this dude just <coughs> rocked up from the, from the forest. There's no what way I'm going to try it. But the other guys did. And then they're all like, oh, it's so good. And so I ended up trying it. But at one point, he was, he was, he was standing underneath this palm tree. And he was like this. And it was, it was a great moment. And I said, hey, please, can I take your photo? And he said, yes. And then he said, wait. And he grabbed the bowl of prawn curries and he put it right in my mouth. And I was like, son of a bitch. Like, okay, cool. I'll eat the prawn curry. This is a great photo. And it was, it was worth it. It was worth it.
Yeah, that kind of stuff happens a lot, I, it, and I love it, man, because you you really get you really be part of that the whole process. It's, yeah. it's got to happen. You cannot be a you cannot be a, 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 a part from the process of being of being in a country or travel or whatever the case. You've got to if they feed you, you've got to eat them. So you can ask. I see our video is, is um, on um, uh, Susie and Kelvin. We've been with them to festivals. Okay, and we take photos. We in the in the street. We, People will come up, they mix their own booze. They take everything they've got at home that's old, half empty, they put it into a bottle, add spirits, add gasoline, add anything to it to give it more kick, a battery, a AAA battery for, for, for zinc. And then they, they, as they go in the parade, they feed everybody. They have to take shots from that stuff. We've had, we've had been places where we were drunk just because of people feeding us. And you have to drink it out of a bottle. You can't say to them, no, 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 I'm, you know, yeah. this... Suck it up, baby. You've got to get in there. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yes, good I'm stuff. Dead, <laughs> um, and I saw, I saw LCB said something about your T-shirts. Do you have uh, something written on your T-shirts? This one. Wow, this is go. my. Yeah, this is, this is the pornographic. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I. That, that's. <laughs> That's my license. So Marina, Marina, good friend of us, South Africa, she and her husband, they actually did photography for National Geographic. It's a okay. big thing. So yeah. I said to her, give me the damn National Geographic badge. I want to fake it and make a, a, a thing. It says I'm a, a, a what do you call it, a magazine photographer, because it's easy to get yeah. into places like that. That's so true. <laughs> No, that's going to get me into trouble. I mean, sure, I'm sure National Geographic won't take, won't take likes on that nonsense. So I thought, well, I need to do something else. So I, I designed this T-shirt that says National Pornographic. So when you walk up to people, they, the first thing they do is like, oh, National Geographic photographer, no problem. I will post for National Geographic. <laughs> you know, but then they start seeing that it's not the same thing. So they start smiling. And actually, and actually what happens is that, Man, it's good fun. The moment they start, they start smiling, I start snapping. And you get some really good photos, and they come to me and they, they make jokes and all this kind of stuff. So, <laughs> this T-shirt's actually done a lot, and especially at festivals where you go to to um, serious events, it sort of breaks the mood and break break the stuff yeah. to for for, um, for people to to take photos with this stuff. Yeah, so, I think I think yeah. humor, I think humor, uh, humor and a smile um, can be exchanged as a form of bribery and and it yes. basically means if you're not an asshole or don't be a dick you can, you can someone's willing to help you out um if they oh, sure. see that you're trying to you know like if you're a nice guy like people are willing to help but if you're an asshole no sorry no, no don't, you, you don't come here with that t-shirt <laughs> Yeah, no, no, for sure. And that's the other thing is you get into you get into places where, where I'd steal, I steal a lot of photos because I want to take photos of people like the way they, they are at that specific yeah. moment. The moment you ask them for a photo, they face you. So I steal a yes, lot of photos. But the moment I do that, I look up, I look in the eyes, I see if I can find contact, I smile, I show them a thumbs up, all this kind of things. You can immediately see <laughs> it's sort of a okay of stuff. But if you smile and you always, you know, you do it like this. I've had only good experiences. I've never yeah. had bad experiences with people. Yeah. Okay, the police might be bad, <laughs> but that's okay. We, we had this, um, <laughs> and when, when we went to India, my like main goal was to make yeah. sure, well, I brought my open face because I yes. wanted to be able to greet people um, yeah. and, and smile and everything's cool. And we, uh, the first time it, it worked out in our favor was that 
we're riding through this forest. We're, we're a bit lost or we're changing our place where we're going to stay. Roll up on this intersection. There's these three guys who are drunk and we ask them for directions. And the one guy's like, I can see he looks a bit agitated, irritated at us. And, and he comes up to me and he's like, who are you? And I was like, I'm Joe, who are you? And he just broke the ice, done. Like that was it. And I guess if I would have had a full face, I, I wouldn't have been able to have that experience with no. him. And it's, it really, no. like the more you kind of show that like everything's cool, even if you exaggerate it, um, I think it goes a long way um, to establish a connection with with those people, um, and it'll get you it'll it'll get you some help for sure. No, for sure. Getting angry and getting agitated is 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 ninety nine percent of the time the wrong approach to take. And I've done that, and I've I've got my hiding for it. So you know, <laughs> being, <laughs> being nice most of the times will work. And um, um, Mickness, is there is there a country or like a region that you guys have not been to that you want to go to? Oh, well, the, the rest of the world. I mean, we were supposed to be going around the world. It takes us so damn slow. It's still, in, it's still in South America four years later. So, yes, the, the, the Balkans, the Balkans, uh, Asia, that area, I really, really wanted to go do that. I still do that. Australia, still want to go see. South America has blown my mind. It is absolutely, a, um, yeah, it is the people everywhere. The, 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 there's gritty and there's good and there's bad and there's, there's ups and there's, there's mountains and there's seas. And it's, it's, it's really, the only thing that, that, that South America doesn't have is Africa wildlife. Other than that, they've got, yeah. they've got everything. The, the, the squares, the people, the, the social ability of those people. So me and even Central America, really, really nice. Um, Canada, we haven't done Canada. I really know you okay. want to go to Canada. Iceland, I've seen so many photos. I, um, uh, Four Wheel Nomad, uh, Lisa and Jason, you must check these photos. Amazing okay. stuff, and they were in Iceland. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, no, there's so many stuff that, that we still need to go see. The world is a big place. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, and is there is there something that... Um, that you've learned about yourself um, while being on the road for this long? Is it like, have you grown as, a, as an individual? Um, have you changed in some ways? Yeah, I, I, um, I think that for one, I got a bit, I got a lot more patience. I still have, I'm still, um, I, I'm a very impatient person. I, I have to learn to, <laughs> to live with that nonsense. Um, but that you that you actually don't know nothing. <laughs> you think you know something, you know nothing, <laughs> and, it's, and your curve starts all over again. Um, but yes, and 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 to you know that that whatever you think is the norm, there's always other people with different norms than yours and different beliefs, and you have to like, man, it's difficult to to. I'm I'm, I'm struggling to get my mind around trying to understand your point of view, but you have to then understand other point and that because they think differently. And it's not that they are wrong or you're wrong, it's just that's the way it goes. You know, so I had to that that was one thing um, that opened my mind about everything a lot more. That before you judge people, try and understand why why they say what why they do this different stuff, why they believe in different stuff. Because there's a reason for that. They didn't just be like that. You know, so and that gave me a lot of patience to 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 be more um, patient and and um, um, accepting of, of what other people do and don't don't just judge and and um, uh, you know 
So yeah, <laughs> I, I did learn a lot from myself. And the I'm other sure. fact is that you, you, you can actually do and, and deal with a lot more stuff than you think you can deal with. You know, so yeah. whatever you think back home is you, you're dealing with stuff, you're not dealing with stuff. There's other people dealing with way worse stuff than what you yeah. think you're dealing with stuff. You know, so. Like I always, um, like the, the example I take from what you just said is, um, is like a bike breaking down. Um, I yeah. remember in the beginning when whenever something would go wrong with my bike, I thought it was the end of the world. Like yeah. that was the feeling that I got in my chest, yeah. in my, yeah. my neck, like everywhere. Um, and I'm like, what am I going to do? Oh no. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but the reality is, is that if you just stop, take a breath um, and like, just kind of check the situation out, like yeah. things will come right. It, it, like it does happen for a reason. For reason. Um, yeah. And you know, you're never too you'll far see. to get help. I mean, obviously there's no, you'll figure stuff out. Yeah, you can, you yeah, will figure, you'll it. figure stuff out. Yeah. I mean, to uh, Vidas now and again, they must one day tell you about the, the, the stuff they had problems with bikes. I mean, Calvin's bike literally fell apart in Chile, like in, he couldn't ride a thing, literally the whole frame. They had to fix that. So, I mean, it, it's stuff that you do suddenly that, that you never at home maybe do stuff like that. I'm not talking about death and all this kind of stuff. I talk about yeah. stuff in your day. So it is, it is actually quite a learning curve. I would actually uh, think that, that if people can, especially young people, go travel a year or two. You know, you, you suddenly open your mind up to a lot more right. things that, that, you, that you would otherwise uh, doing that. Yeah, I think travel makes makes it's it's made me a better person um, because I've been able to see other cultures and what's what what it's like where wherever I may have gone. Um, I, I I agree with you. I know a lot of people back home that they've never left their hometown. Like they don't travel, um, and it's a beautiful world, um, you know, to to go see and and you grow and you learn to appreciate those places and you want to maybe go back there someday and then you actually maybe want to go to another country nearby there and you want to keep going and but i mean i guess you know to, to each of their own um you know we're we're travelers um we want to travel and we want to see the world and for other people they may not but um you know hopefully soon after this we can keep on traveling and 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 hit the road again yeah, I mean, we're living, we've got one life, you live on a small rock in the, in the middle of the universe, and I don't want to die one day and not say, at least try, at least try my best to yeah. see and experience as much as that's currently on this, on this rock. So, yeah, yeah I, uh, well, it's so, true. So, we've got two minutes left, so I think it's um, a good point to yes. kind of end. Yeah, the hour goes quick, eh? <laughs> it does. <laughs> No, no, it amazes me like the first 15 minutes sometimes i'm like wow this mm. is you know taking a while and then next thing you know i've got to cut it off it's gone. um no, but, i've got um, a, i've got an i've got another um hour left of spanish class but okay. here's, here's a trick i can i can tell you guys if you ever travel spanish places so what i've learned was this and, and this is about the only thing i know, know in spanish to <laughs> say no fumar espanol but that means i don't smoke spanish now, the moment the police or somebody stops you, you just say, oh, no fumar espanol, no fumar espanol. So he's either going to think you're a moron or he's going to kill you. But either way, <laughs> it will sort it out quite quick. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I saw Elsevier said to speak Afrikaans to cops as well. So... Oh, that helps. Oh, if you, can, if you can speak any other language, then so this, this is what we do. Uh, some places, a lot of 
um, uh, people are not inclined for English speaking. I don't know why. For some reason, they just don't like it. So the moment you speak Afrikaans or Dutch or any other language, like, oh, foreigners, foreigners. Okay, not the same people that English people. Yeah. <laughs> and it also helps. I have no idea why. Hopefully, I'll, um, so we've got a minute and 20 seconds left. When are you coming yeah. back to South Africa? Do you know? I've got no idea. I've, no, I've, um, hopefully not soon, but um, now with the lockdown, it's ain't going to happen in any case fast. So, yeah, yeah, I've got no idea. Well, um, There's still a lot we'll, to see. Yeah. Well, um, uh, we'll, we'll catch up soon. Um, thank you so much for being on the show, Magnus. I really appreciate it. It was great. Yeah, to thanks for all being here. Yeah, yeah. Really nice. And um, to everyone else, thank you so much for joining us again. Um, it's going to be weird. The next show will only be in one week's time. But next week, we've got a really great show as well. Uh, we've got um, Gary O'Keefe from the Baikal Project, which um, these motorcyclists did a world record on the longest frozen lake in the world. It's ridiculous. Um, I'll do a post tomorrow about it so you can catch us next Wednesday with Gary. It'll be an amazing story. Thank you all for joining. And um, Mignus, have a great Thank evening. you, guys. Yeah, thanks, thanks everybody listen to our nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Okay, thanks so much. Thanks, man. Okay. Ciao, ciao. Cheers, See everyone. you guys again. Okay. Bye-bye.